You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, indeed, your people have come to be fed, Lord. We ask for your kindness to be upon us, that your presence be with us, that you would fill this place, that you would inspire the words that will be spoken, so that they indeed supply us with good food, food that money cannot buy. Please, Almighty God, hear our prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The word of the day. This is the word I want you to focus on. The word is resource. Resource simply means that you have this aid that you can call upon when, especially when, it is needed. The problem is that we as carnal people, worldly people, we understand resource in usually that worldly way. If you're going to go get gas for your car, you have to have the resource in order to be able to get that. Or if you go for food in a supermarket or anything that you need. When you go to buy a house, you may not have adequate resources, but then you look for an institution to see if you qualify, that they can help you with that resource so that you can get what you are searching for, what you are looking for. So we're completely comfortable with the fact that we use resource every single day in a variety of ways. But that's from the world's perspective. We don't want to focus that word on that worldly perspective. We want to see it in its spiritual life. And that is what the gospel for today allows us. It gives us three different aspects of understanding spiritual research. The reading that I use from the NIV is different than the one that was read this morning from the RSV. In the NIV, it simply says, and Jesus was given the news. And upon hearing the news, he went by himself to a solitary place. Why did he go there? Because he was just hearing the news that John the Baptist was beheaded. John was put to death because he told the truth. He simply said to Herod the king, that what you are doing is unlawful. You have your brother's wife and your brother is still alive. That is unlawful. Well, as we looked last week, there's a difference between governance 
there is our governments that we are under, but there's always the governance of God, the kingdom of heaven, the jurisdiction of heaven. And this is what John the Baptist was saying here. According to Roman rule and law and government, there's no problem with you. But according to God's government, what you're doing is not acceptable, is not right in his sight. That piece right before this tells us that Herod wanted to put John the Baptist to death. You know, get rid of the noise, the nuisance, the finger pointing. But he was afraid to do so because he knew the people thought he was a prophet. And he was afraid to put John the Baptist to death because for being fearful of an uprising, a protest, if you will. So what happened was, it was his birthday, and he threw a big party. And part of that party was his wife Herodias, her daughter danced and pleased all the guests, and Herod made a very foolish vow that he would give her up to one half of his kingdom because she pleased his guests in such a way. And then the request came. By encouragement of her mother, she asked that she would be given the head of John the Baptist. So this is where our gospel message for today starts. Jesus hears this news. With that, he retracts himself privately to a solitary place. As we look at this gospel in its progression in this story for this morning, we can come to specific conclusions, but I have to jump there first before we get to the end and then bring that back. You see, Jesus, at this time, when this took place, went to the solitary place by himself. And we can be reasonably certain that Jesus began to assess that now was the time. Now was the time that he would fulfill God's plan. When innocent people are being killed because of sin, because of disobedience and revolt, and they're beheaded because of someone's vow. You see, eternal life was not made available yet. Jesus had to be heavily sorrowed, knowing that he was there to make the difference. He would become the resource for those who died as a result of sin. And be not mistaken, although we hear the world today this person died from a heart attack. This person died from cancer. This person died from diabetes. This person died from corona. To be certain, we all die from sin. Sin exposes itself, presents itself in these different diseases. But we all die from sin. Jesus takes this upon himself in the solitary place and comes to that point of conclusion I am certain that it is time for him to act to alter the situation. 
And the first one that needs to be done is the conquering of sin and death. It then goes on to say that afterwards, Jesus comes out of the solitary place and he comes upon a great crowd that has followed him. And immediately he has compassion on that crowd. Compassion, simply understood. When you're able to recognize the struggle of another person and then do something about it. Again, we can see what Jesus is now placing and putting together. He is now going to address the difficulty that human life encounters. You know, when you look at the book of Genesis and you read about the divine intentions of God, it was never intended to be like this. We were never intended to die. We were never intended to suffer and to be sick. It was God's intention that we would be with Him in His eternal presence and that we not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but eat of the tree of life and be with Him forever and be forever healthy. It is my encouragement when I talk to people who are struggling and they're not sure about certain things. I ask them and encourage them to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, if you would see it possible, may I look upon your face? My point to them is that Jesus grants you that opportunity to spiritually look upon his face. I guarantee you he is weeping because of his compassion. He is weeping the same way he wept outside of Lazarus' tomb. The shortest verse in scripture, Jesus wept. He does not want to see his people suffer and be sent. And again, moving towards correcting that the same way he needed to correct a life taken so that that life could be restored to God. He now looks upon the suffering of his people and I cannot help to think that in Jesus' mind he says, I am going to do something about this. After Jesus has compassion, and he heals the sick, gives them comfort and peace and assuredness that he is with them and working through that incredible situation. I know I had that experience. I knew that if I could stay out of Jesus' way, I could be healed with stage four cancer. That's 15 years ago that he looked upon me this little boy and rescued me because I didn't have the resource He gave me the resource himself so that I could stand in front of you 
and bear witness to his just incredible compassion. So it's at that time now where it's getting late. And you know, the disciples seem to be encouraging. Lord, you may want to dismiss this people because it's getting late. Uh, they need to journey a long distance, try to find food to buy. That was probably a polite way of the disciples saying, yo, Jesus, I'm pretty hungry here. I'm sure they are too. I think we all need to just break, go get something to eat. Jesus says, you give them something. The response was the same thing you and I would do. But Lord, the only resource that we have is five loaves and two fish. That's not going to go very far. That's typical of us, isn't it? We only are able to comprehend the resource that's right in front of us. Jesus is now encouraging them. Bring them to me. He gave thanks. And he gave it to the disciples. You see how important that language is? He, after he gave thanks, he gave the fish and the bread to the disciples to distribute to the people. Does that remind you of Look at the others. He gave the bread to be distributed. It shows us the compassion of Christ and the need for us to realize that we have to be way outside our resource. We cannot supply these needs. We cannot give what people need in and of ourselves. We need Christ as our resource. And when we have Him as our resource, then, as I was given the unfortunate opportunity this past Thursday, I was called at 2.30 in the afternoon. It was my sister, and she said, Michael, the institution says we need to be there by 4 o'clock to probably go see our mother for the last time. We all met at 4 o'clock. We went in, they made us go and pull together. We had masks, we had face shields, we had gloves, we had full smiles. We were not allowed to walk in the regular way. We had to be ushered in a side door, we had to be left out a side door. We were only allowed to go in one at a time. When I had my turn, because we went by age, and I am the youngest. I spent about 15 minutes by my mother's bed. And she was struggling soul in her soul. All she kept saying was, get off me, get your hands off me, leave me alone. She didn't even know I was there. And my siblings said the last, the same thing. They don't even believe that mom recognized her brother. So what I did for the time that I spent there is I prayed. I asked God to give her the peace and the rest. There's no way that I could do that with my own resource. 
I'm not capable. But with the resource of Christ, we are absolutely certain of these things. And then we are given the strength. The strength to look at sin and death and know that it has been conquered. The strength to look at pain and suffering and know that it does not please God, that He only wills for us to be healthy and whole, and that He will do something about that. And that He will supply us with the nourishment and the sustainment we need so much that even though what we think it's not enough, there will be so much that will be left over. That is the kind of God that we have. You know, this biblical narrative that we took a look at today is only two storylines that are recorded in all four Gospels. The crucifixion and the resurrection story and this story appear in all four Gospels. When you look at this story in the Gospel of John, John is quick to note that all this took place right before the Passover. Do you see the connection? Right before, right before what we call Holy Week and Easter. Because on Easter Sunday, on Easter morning, the first day of the week, Jesus conquered sin, death, and the devil. Jesus conquered pain and suffering, and he gave us his body and blood to sustain us as we go through this life. He is the resource that we need. Amen. My vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my light.